0: Welcome to the fourth episode of Eye to Eye, a podcast brought to you by the people behind INCONST, Malmö's premier multi-arts venue and Intonal Festival, the annual event for adventurous minds produced by INCONST. In each episode, we bring you conversations with some of the artists we present, offering insight into creative practice and the international community of people who love music. I'm your host, Lisa Blanning. Today, we're speaking with Yasmin El Baramawi, an Egyptian musician, sound artist, aoud performer, and composer based in Malmo. She has developed an original sound universe around her practice of the aoud, modified and augmented by a low string, but also around concrete music and other electronic experiments. Her approach is characterized by sound research exploring both the acoustic tradition of the aoud and adventurous and transversal sound practices. So Yasmin, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Eye to Eye. Uh, I think first off... We have to start with the elephant in the room. It's something that I am certain is hard for you to speak about, but it happened and I I am certain that it's affected your life greatly. Um, you were attacked in 2012 in your hometown of Cairo at the protests in Tahir Square. And two months after the attack, you spoke publicly yeah. about it what kind of impact do you think speaking out made uh, it was a
1: positive uh, strong impact and uh surprisingly positive i uh, was expecting a negative reaction um it was um very um like supportive for other women and it has also an international impact and uh, some like different stories uh, in other places uh, they decided to come out And I received like uh, thousands of messages, like literally thousands of messages from people telling me um, uh, how they were attacked in similar um, context uh, in different times of their lives. Uh, So yeah, it had a huge impact.
0: It was also um, interesting for me to find out that you were one of the first women to speak out about this publicly. And that that must have been... Hard. Yeah, uh,
1: I was the first and uh, there was another woman with me. We were like uh, two together and she had her husband, with her. We, we, we were the three of us together on the TV show. And um, um, it was difficult uh, because um, I didn't really have support uh, from any kind. And mm-hmm. um, at that time, uh, like the two months before I, I go uh, public, I was uh, getting disappointed from people who are um, trying not to raise this issue uh, because it was happening for many women. And I was like, um, I'm getting shocked and disappointed from even human rights activists. Uh, so I knew that I need to do that. Um, and they were asking me, you know, to move on. And this is like a normal sacrifice. Like it's, it was accepted, you know. So, um, um, uh, I decided. I, I, it was difficult because I know the impact will be uh, bad, and it, there was some negative reactions. But um, as I told you, it was really good. Uh, but I needed to uh, break a lot of um, fears that I had inside me to do that. Uh, first of all, my family didn't know, for example. And, um, you know, for an Arab Muslim woman who wasn't married before, this is a big mm-hmm. issue. And, um, like, um, my, I had to tell my family and, uh, of course, the first reaction from my father is that nobody will marry you. Um, it was like a three days of uh, intense um, negotiations and discussions and sometimes threats or fears like, I will die if you do that, stuff like that. So it was really difficult, but I found out that there's nothing else to do because I can't go on or uh, move on as if nothing happened. It was really humiliating to do that. I felt like if I don't, I would be like, you know, if someone killed a roach and it's not to be mentioned. Um, so I needed to put it in the, like the size I felt it so I can move on. It was difficult, and it was worthy at the end, actually.
0: Listening to your story as it was was told in the documentary, which, if I remember correctly, is called A Heart That Never Dies, I was just so amazed at the level of strength you have. And it was also really interesting to hear you talk about Um, finding your musical self that you tried to take lessons on your chosen instrument, the the oud, Mm. but you were actually refused at first because because you were female. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's actually also a traumatizing story that I am now even still not fixing until now or dealing with until now. Uh, Because I started uh, in a very late age and uh, I'm a woman and the field of players is male-dominated. Yes. Like, it's very rare to find a woman playing this instrument. And obviously, it is also from um, um, sexism and uh, patriarchy and and, uh, even sexual abuse. Uh, There's a lot. Because, you know, people, when they see it from the outside, they say that men are uh, better than women in this instrument. They are more clever. They can do that uh, uh, technique uh, thing. Uh, better than women. Like this is like when someone sees the final result. but if you go through the process, you know why women doesn't uh, like decide to avoid that. Even if they start, they don't continue. Um, So uh, when I was uh, like, I was told I can, I don't teach uh, girls, a a teacher I asked to teach, like I asked him to give me some lessons and that was his reactions. I don't teach women or uh, a teacher, Uh, Starts to teach me and then uh, sexually harass me, you know? So yeah, it was, it was really um, difficult to find a way. And also I was told that I won't be able to do that because I was 25 years old to like start from scratch in that age. And um, everyone has uh, personal doubts, but when you are told from the others that you are not going to do that, you are not going to succeed in that you uh, like it, lives in your soul somewhere inside it and um, all the teachers were men and uh, they are looking at you as a woman not as a student so it's really difficult to keep the faith on you in yourself as a musician or as a student or like you're just a piece of meat at the end so um, yeah it was um, traumatizing but in a in a subtle way yes like it's unnoticeable And uh, that's why I need to process it in a more difficult way and a longer time. Like when I had uh, an obvious attack in 2012 in Tahrir Square, that was obvious trauma. I can see before and after. I can see what happened to me after that day. The symptoms that I started to have, so I can deal yes. with them. But this subtle uh, behavior that we live through as women, um, through uh, through years of our lives, you you don't know when did you change or what did you lose, um, and it takes years to fix because it's it's in it lives in the details, and uh, it's it's difficult to realize. And sometimes you ask yourself, and you have to be confident without an uh, outside source so uh, i am i'm i'm doing that and actually i i also feel um, uh, consumed because uh, this energy i would rather use in uh, practice uh, you know yes. uh, on a physical level it's difficult uh, to learn an instrument and um and be fluent and like become a professional musician. Like I need like eight hours at least of practice a day. And um, I have this uh, going on my mind. So when can I have a clear mind for that? Um, so I did, I did practice eight hours a day. Um, and um, they, like I, I always had the thought that if I was a boy or a man, it would have been much easier for me to do that. I would take more lessons i would have clearer mind to work sometimes mm-hmm. i feel like i lose why like what was my target in the first place when i when i decided to play that instrument because yeah, you can also be drifted in proving that they are wrong and forget what the, what what was your passion you know like what uh, right. what what makes you want to do that without uh, without uh, proving anything to anyone like what was your self uh, desire
0: yeah, absolutely. I think that you have um, very clearly described something that quite a lot, um, if not most, women go through. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that sounded very familiar uh, as as well. Um, yeah. And I and you also kind of touch on what my next question was because you, after you you were attacked, you stopped playing. I'm guessing that these, these feelings are related. Then that's why you stopped. It was um, like through the revolution,
1: I saw many violence. Um, yeah. And uh, actually, I started composing uh, in 2011. Uh, mm-hmm. Like everything was late. I started learning in uh, 2007. And uh, I found the right teacher and uh, good behavior for practice in 2009. And in 11, I started composing. And it was all relevant to violent actions. I saw people get killed or injured or uh, my friends are getting arrested or me myself getting arrested. It was an intense year of my life. But this was uh, very um, inspiring for music. I didn't know I would be a composer. I literally composed in a protest on the 28th of January eleven. Uh, But when I was sexually attacked, that was different. Um, Next day, I I hold my instrument, I I, I couldn't play. I didn't even like, and you know, when you get traumatized, you can't hear voices. Um, Any sound is painful. When you are very traumatized, you can't bear the sounds. So I'm working with sound. Uh, And um, sound was painful in my ears. Uh, and there was nothing in my head. There's no melodies in my head or uh, in my soul or a passion or nothing there. Like I was mm-hmm. completely um, absorbed in another place. Um, I mean, psychological parts. I didn't know inside me, like it, it became as material. And uh, I'm, I'm really discovering myself in a new way. I, like I am a new human. So there was no room for anything outside who I am. And um, I couldn't play for like a year and a half. Uh, I became an activist for women's rights and also LGBT community in a different way. Because there is a lot of uh, intersections between women and LGBT community, um, sexism. And um, I decided to stop and um, like, I, I never worked as an activist. I mean, I didn't get salary doing that. It was all just a reaction for that. I was offered a job to have an, my own NGO, but I was really acting as a human. And uh, after a year and a half, I wanted to go back to who I wanted to be. And uh, it took me like one more year to um, work in music. Like, I did one concert in uh, 14. And the next one was uh, one in 15. And from 16, I became to be uh, a musician until now. So it was really difficult to come back. Like there was a year of depression, you know, after I yeah. stopped being an activist. Uh, so like, I really lost my path, um, Like not in a violent way, even in a spiritual way, I lost it.
0: So I had to really calm down to come back. Again, the strength of character that y- y- that you've exhibited through all this is amazing. I wonder, going through these experiences and these trauma and, and then doing your best to find yourself afterwards, how has that affected your music, do you think? Um,
1: mostly, uh, it became emotional and uh, expressive about... Um, what I can't put in words. I will never describe how I felt in any language. Uh, So I could only uh, express my rage or sorrow or sadness uh, or uh, resistance or any, or frustration with the dynamics of the melodies. Like I -hmm. can play different emotions in one note. So it, it became about expression, not about music in a a scientific way, like arrangement and harmony. I don't care about modes or scales. It became about expression, like uh, like a gate uh, Mm -hmm. from uh, from inside to the people to receive. Um, So like it became mostly mm, not music. Like you have to receive what I want to give you, not to listen Mm -hmm. with your ears. Um, so, um, it was like a big energy inside me. This is how I would never, I guess I would never have this energy in my work without this, uh, big, uh, trauma or traumas as a woman. And, right. um, now I'm like, I want to be balanced between music as music and, a woman, uh, um, abuse and uh reactions of that i need to balance both i guess like now i want to do that
0: right so now that you are seven to ten years later in the process then uh so your your priorities change and that actually leads me to to the next question i was wondering how you would describe your writing approach and how your goals have changed along the way First, it had to have been something cathartic and some Mm -hmm. sort of emotional release for you. And now you're trying to balance um, more, maybe traditional musical elements with that. Is that correct? Do you think that's accurate? Um, Not really.
1: Uh, The instrument is the traditional side and the organic Uh sound of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I forgot to mention that in 2016, I decided to uh, uh, explore the sound word, not the, not the Oud, uh, instrument. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, it was like the beginning of my life, like, um, a career as a, as a musician. And, um, like now it's going more to science, uh, because I really want to be grounded. Uh, so I want to go more to, um, science. Like it's pushing me that way. Uh, not, not really like sound. I mean, literally science. Um, mm-hmm. I want to research and, um, um, mix yeah, like it's, it can call it electroacoustics. Uh, but, um, yeah. like I need really to consume my, my brain, you know, yeah. to be grounded because you know, when you are flying all the time, you, it's difficult to come back. Uh, so this is where I am right now.
0: And tonal Festival, you're going to be playing an electronic set. And you're going to be using uh, Hayam Alami's uh, Apatome. Yeah. I'm, I'm pr- yeah. probably pronouncing that incorrectly, um, which is basically an app which is a generative musical environment that runs in a web browser based on microtonal tuning systems. Maybe you yeah. could talk about that for a bit.
1: Yeah. He worked on two applications, Apatome and Lima, for um, mm-hmm. for uh, traditional scales uh, or modes uh, in um, like oriental music or indian music or uh, turkish or even chinese and japanese uh, and also you can create your own modes because it's really free that you can choose your uh, c d e f g anywhere or name it mm-hmm. any name um so um um, actually, Hayem is a friend of mine like uh, for the last 10 years. And uh, I was really um, happy that he did that because it's always difficult to um, play any sound that you wanted. Like in the piano, you have to play what, what's there or in a guitar or anything. And for some reason, it moved also to the software uh, world, though it's not, it's not an obligation like on, on Ableton, you can use any frequencies. But all the presets or the plugins or anything is um made for major or minor scales and in the mix um, leads in like jazz scales, um mm-hmm. the equal notes and full notes, uh, or or an yeah. note and a half. So um this was uh, an obligation. Like I can I know why it is obligation in Western instruments, but when you're playing electronic, you can
0: play any sounds you have in your head. Yes. So the point being that um, electronic music software currently is all set to the standard Western scale. And um, uh software actually allows it to free music from the rigidity yeah. of that scale. Exactly. And even if you don't know it, like
1: if you don't know uh, the Chinese scale, you can choose it. It will be automatically uh, available for you. Uh, like he did a lot of research to um, to make it uh, as presets for anyone who can use it. The um, like equivalent to major is rust in uh, Arabic music. So mm-hmm. you can play rust without knowing what is rust. You just choose rust and and play it on your MIDI. It will be the rust scale. Because a part of me uh, came to life, I decided to put my instrument aside and use it because. I will have the almost the same ability to um, create the sounds that I create with my instrument um, and uh, in a, in a stronger way because um, though is a fragile instrument and uh, it cannot compete with the electronic word or um, amplitude uh, if I'm playing with other experimental artists that would really need to be amplified and it's risky to have feedback and um, there's many limitations if you because it belongs to acoustic uh, environment. So when you mm-hmm. put it in another environment, you you start to have limitations. So uh, I found out uh, like wh- I or I thought that why what why don't I replace it with apotome and uh, see how it will go. And I am already working on electroacoustics. That will be mm-hmm. only elec- uh, electronic, uh, but. It will make the same composition that I want to make. Also, apotomy is uh, more uh, relying on probabilities. So I will just program my uh, ideas and apotomy will make variations of it. And th- this will be like, I will be listening. Every time now I work, I listen to new um, uh, melodies and um, it's it's generating. It's about it's about generating uh, probabilities, infinite probabilities. So like, I I listen to it uh, uh, in a new way every time I play with it. And the um, the solid part is the is the electronic that I did on uh, Ableton.
0: This is very interesting because it sounds as though you are trying more or less to compose similarly. But using different instrumentation, different sounds, mm-hmm. and kind of explore other possibilities um, to reach yeah. more or less the same goals. I think I am having new goals uh, mm-hmm. or new mm-hmm. new angles.
1: Um, but I really want to go to um, composing as if nothing happened. Yeah, maybe. Like I'm going to the extreme far, but it's still there. Um like it's a it's a conflict inside me. But it's like this is really personal because as an audience you will never know what's happening in my head. So um it's still about my goals, um but with my ears, not with my feel not with my heart. Like like I have a heart in my ear. Yes, like yes, yes. If I if I like it, then it's 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 that that's it. Because sometimes I didn't like what I played when when I really when I really was angry and uh, and expressing anger. I don't like that. Like anger is uh, it hits you in the face, and the audience comes to me and say thank you. Like we get it, even if they don't know my story. And um, this is why it was emotion exchange, but. Um, It gives me bad impact. Like it is a negative energy that I am uh, emitting or uh, letting go. So I'm not happy. I'm really in a negative uh, state. So Mm -hmm. like now I want to like it. I want to enjoy it. And uh, if if I have an angry part or revolution part, I would be uh, in a positive energy uh, state, not like hopefully...
0: Interesting. Do you think that's partly because you don't have the physicality of playing the instrument, so that helps you step away from from feeling the emotion of it?
1: I guess no, because it's. uh, I moved to Sweden nine months ago. Yeah, and uh, I am now mostly uh, uh, focusing on healing, and I don't want to live in a loop of negative. So, when I when I came here, I found that I can calm down uh i feel like i uh, i started to see that everyone in cairo is burnt out like without even having a problem just the noise and um the crowd the difficulties of life in different ways in transportation in work and everything in the political mm-hmm. situation um so you are always on the edge of your nerves so uh this is about healing I like i always and I still want to make the music for the most depressive movie ever Mm -hmm. the movie that you watch and you go kill yourself after that you know i (laughs) want to do that (laughs) like i always i always felt that i am making soundtracks for suicides actually i also enjoy it but i don't want to be negative
0: Now that you are in Sweden, is there anything about the approach to culture here, the the way culture is treated, that you think could benefit from things you may have experienced in Egypt? You know, we can't be silent in uh, in Egyptian
1: music. Th- the, it's very rare to find uh, silence, and here. There is silences, like uh, even the people, they clap um, after, uh, after a few seconds, because they are giving you space uh, if you are going to add something more. But in right. Cairo, they jump on you. They, uh, they, they, sometimes, they sometimes expect that you finished before you finish. And <laughs> there, there is a lot of ornaments. They are really running fast. Here, the people are uh, more patient. Um mm-hmm. so I guess if you take this nerve um put it here that will be a new uh, addition to uh, to implement in the um, in the cultural life in uh, in Sweden but not that far like don't like I like I am enjoying the space
0: um but sometimes it is a very big space I think I understand what you're saying I think that um, that sense of urgency and a kind of passionate response.
1: Yeah, because we are running all the way uh, here. You can you can walk, you know. Um, so it, it reflect, reflects on music. Um, in you know in Asia, people they jump to the bus. The bus doesn't stop. They literally run after the <laughs> bus and and <laughs> oh <my> jump. <laughs> yeah, you have to. If you didn't get it, then you have to wait the other one. And, um, uh, like we have in Cairo only 20 million people living in Cairo, one city, um, <laughs> the population of Sweden. So you really have to run all the time. Uh, and everything reflect reflects on art. Um, and here I found that, um, it's, it's very abstract sometimes and, um, and I really enjoyed an experience here that I performed with Nathan Larson and Vincent Bahar in uh, the church in Triangle that Mm -hmm. uh, Nathan was playing drones and it's long notes uh, that you can listen and sleep to. But I was playing with my hood and I'm running. And I, I, I saw it in a very obvious way. Like I was telling myself when I am playing while, during I'm performing, it's mean, why don't you relax like, like Nathan? Why are you learning? like, I need to put a melody and I need to put another melody, like take your time. So I need to, uh, The I liked after that, when I watched it, There, there is a, a, an obvious contrast and I liked it. And um, like, I feel like I need to uh, go slower and he needs to go faster. Like this, this is where, this is how I see it now. Um, and sometimes there is performances uh, like very abstract and I feel that I need to put some nerve in it. Yeah, this is the only thing that I think that you can add from Egypt in Sweden.
0: I have to say, I suspect that that's something you will very easily be able to do. This has been a fascinating conversation. Um, hearing your story is both troubling but incredibly inspiring and yes. you're very articulate and it's 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 been a pleasure to speak with you today thank you so much for taking the time Thanks. Thanks.